Welcome back to Purpose Driven in Christ. This message is entitled, The Ways We Give and Receive Love. So this message is about the languages that are commonly used to communicate love to us. So this is the five love languages. And it has been introduced by Gary Chapman. He is a pastor, a Christian author, a teacher, and someone who God has given wisdom to break down different ways in which we as humans give and receive love and how we process it and how we feel love. And it's a very interesting um, concept and understanding, but this has really helped people in their relationships and in their um, their marriages. So this is just something I wanted to share um, just because it's new to a lot of people. They might not even realize that they have a primary language, love language. So the previous message ended with the importance of walking in love. And like with most of the messages, I do incorporate the importance of walking in love. Uh, as a matter of fact, Jesus indicated that walking in love is the greatest gift. So I'm going to read these scriptures and connect our languages to them. So, so this is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 5 and 7. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So these characteristics mentioned in the scripture should be the underlining reason for the actions of a love language. So whatever we like teach as we're connecting it to the word of God, we can pull and actually help an individual to walk this out. So there are five love languages and there could be more, but the ones that I will discuss are the main ones. Now people express and receive love in five different ways and these are called love languages. So we have quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. So I am going to read Philippians 2, 3 to 4, and this is a very important scripture to help us understand why we do what we do. It shouldn't be because of what we want, but we're supposed to think of others. Let nothing done excuse me, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. This goes back to humility. This goes back to really denying ourselves. So as you can see how different scriptures will help support each other because in order to think about in order to properly walk in love we cannot make ourselves the priority we cannot think about ourselves we have to think about the other person 
And love languages do not necessarily equate to being romantic. It's a way to feel loved and show love. For example, you can communicate a love language even to your child. A child might have a love language of, you know, needing affirmation, being affirmed, and also spending time. And these languages help the child to feel even loved by their parents. So we have to really look at it as an umbrella of communication, not just to our partners. Now, as children, if they have affectionate parents or spent a lot of time with their children, um, they, so, okay, if the parents are affectionate and they spend a lot of time with their children, their children might connect being loved to those, those qualities. And this can happen, they can grow up just connecting love with what was expressed to them when they were younger. Now, understanding our love language also helps us to address the root to potential conflict and communication. Like I said, this is a whole umbrella. So I'm gonna bring, break them down. So the first one, as I mentioned, is quality time. So this is time that we use to connect and share life experiences. And this can be as simple as like cooking together, shopping together, um, just going to events together, or just sitting and watching a show, Bible study, whatever it is, it's together. The key word is together in meaningful time, which makes it quality, quality time. It's not just the time spent, but it's quality time. And what makes it quality time is that you're engaging in um, conversation, you are present, you, you are um, really focusing on the time that you're with that individual. So an example of it not being quality time is like multitasking, just being there to just say I've, I've done it, but not really being present. So an example would be like you're out at a restaurant and one of the end of the person you're with is on the cell phone, maybe scrolling through the gram, whatever, texting. That person is not allowing that time to be quality. And so even though you're out with the person, it doesn't equate to quality because the time was divided. It wasn't focused. Okay, and so under quality time, we also have quality conversation, which is a dialect of quality time, which I believe a lot of people who have a primary language of quality time, that quality time dialect is very important, like that um, conversational aspect of it. So this is um, sympathetic dialogue, you know, where two people are sharing their life experiences their thoughts, their feelings, their desires in a friendly, uninterrupted context. And this is where quick bonding happens. It happens through the conversation because you really learn about the person, especially if they're transparent and a great communicator. Now, as I mentioned, a communicator is not just one who talks a lot you know we can get that mixed up where you know this person's talking a lot so they we might assume that they're a great communicator but a communicator is a, a really good communicator is someone who's listening to understand intentionally pausing 
to allow, allow dialogue and asking questions to actively engage. So you're communicating in a way where you're trying to understand. You're not trying to prove a point. You're trying to really get to know an individual and ask questions to verify what you have processed, what you have heard. And this is something that, like I said, when I read that scripture pertaining to considering others better, you have to even do that in conversation where you're not the main person talking you're listening to understand, you're asking questions, you're allowing it to be a dialogue, not just one person talking. That is very, that's, that's quality conversation. And that helps a person feel connected and love, especially when they're being listened to and understood. And this helps a person to feel like this conversation was very meaningful. And, and if this is their love language, this will help bonding. Okay, so most people, when they are in communication, if they love to talk, they might just talk and not even ask questions. The questions is the part that engages the conversation. And it helps you to really understand what the person is saying, especially if you want it more detail or if it intrigued your interests. Now, the next one, the next, the next um, love language is words of affirmation. Now, this is, you know, when a person is being intentional about encouraging another person. Some people, um, they naturally encourage. When I say naturally, of course, by the the work of the Holy Spirit, that they. Um, they have a gift of encouragement. So they naturally like to encourage and it's easy for them, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they, they need that affirmation back, that that's how they get connected. But when a person needs the words of affirmation to um, help them to feel like they're loved, that, you know, that the person truly cares about them, it, it's something that, is more of showing appreciation, letting them know that you appreciate different things about them, different actions that they have done. I mean, any action can be affirmed. It's not just like the major ones, but it could just, you know, be letting a person know that you appreciate something that they've been doing for a long time. For instance, your uh, significant other usually calls you on, on their lunch break and you can state instead of taking it for granted and just assume okay that's what they're supposed to do you can state i appreciate you taking the time to call me on your lunch break i know you're busy but i just want to let you know i appreciate those phone calls these are just simple ways of affirming a person in their actions um even thanking them for praying for you instead of just assuming well that's what they're supposed to do we've been praying for this amount of time let them know that you appreciate them praying. These are ways to affirm a person, especially a person who feels connected when you affirm them with words. Another example, letting a person know that that meal was great, if they cooked for you, or if they did things um, for a while that you haven't really been commenting because they've just done it as like second nature. If you start to affirm 
it lets the person know that you appreciate it. You notice these actions, that you're not taking them for granted. And, and some people might even want to hear that they look nice, you know, and you might pick that up if a person's asking those questions, how do I look, you know, they might be fishing for compliments. So just, you know, fine tune your ears to see, okay, what is this person wanting to hear more of? Because they might set up a question for you to affirm them. And specific affirmation is what becomes more appreciated because the more specific, the more sincere it comes across. Like, and I'm gonna give an example. If a person says like, I appreciate the way you were patient with me while I went shopping. You asked me if I could help, if, if you could help me find anything. And I thought that was very kind of you. Um, so that was, that could be a specific scenario. Um, and another thing is even letting a person, especially when a person's patient, you really want to affirm that because a lot of people struggle in that patient area. And if you want those actions to continue and to be appreciated, it's, it's good to affirm qualities that you know are, um, are very important to you. And also maybe a rarity you want to affirm those qualities. Um, Another thing is um, kindness. Because kindness is a characteristic of love, we will see that being reciprocated because it was initiated. So you see how these acts of love are now being operated in the language through just kind actions. So now we're not kind to just get something in return, but we should be kind because it's a characteristics of walking in love. So as I mentioned earlier, everything that we do shouldn't be pointing back to self, but it's because of who God is, the characteristic of love. And because the action happened, it was received. And we wanna acknowledge and appreciate and allow it to be a domino effect. So the more we acknowledge, appreciate, and and we're consistent with it, the more it might cause a domino effect of actions. And we don't do it for the domino effect, but that's just how love is. We love God because God loved us first, you see? So he loves us first. So it's a domino effect because he first loved us. So you see how His love for us is what prompts us to want to love him back. So when a, um, when a person feels loved with words of affirmation, there's some caution that, you know, to be reminded that they can easily get offended with words because words build, words will build, but they will also tear. So being very mindful of how words are used, especially if the person needs words of affirmation. That means the slightest word that you might use to correct or challenge might be the same words that will offend them. Now that's something that a person will have to have a conversation with to say, you know, how are you with offense? Are you easily offended? Do words really uh, tear you apart? Do you hang on to them? 
And the reason why I say it's important to communicate that is because if that is the case, you need to have, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you with how you communicate information so you're not tearing a person down subconsciously because of their love language of affirmation where they're not, if they're not being affirmed most of the time, then they might be feeling rejected. And it shouldn't be the case, but this is when, this is why we really have to make sure we are grounded in the word of God, that he's our firm foundation, that we know how much he loves us. Because if we do, we're not going to base our emotions, our feelings, our well-being on whether or not a person affirmed us for the day or whether or not a person affirmed us for the week. We cannot base our emotion and how we're going to act based on another person's actions. So I do want to make that clear. These languages help bonding. This is not the sole purpose of our being and our our happiness. We cannot make another person responsible for that. But if we're trying to have a healthy and thriving relationship, it's very important to understand um, your love language as well as the other person's love language. So this is not about making this an idol and making an, it an idol so that we're always catering to a person's emotions. So I just want to include that to make sure we're not taking this out of perspective okay so so the next love language so we talked about affirmation and so now we're going to talk about gifts so gifts can be anything large or small it can be cards pictures personalized gifts individuals who like gifts they like things that remind them that you thought about them. So for, for a lot of people, it might be things that um, represent them, things that you had to listen to in order to know what those items are. So if they said that they like particular food items or, you know, they, they liked particular, uh, whatever books, you know, things that are meaningful to them, they would appreciate that because it shows that you listened to the things that they liked or you were very um, observant. And so it's not always about the size and cost, but it's the meaning behind, okay, you thought about me enough to go and do that or purchase that or make that. Gifts do not have to be purchased, they could be made. And it can be as simple as, you know, making a cake and giving it to someone, like a cake that they like. So gifts do not necessarily have to be expensive or complicated. Um, And also, a person who feels love through gifts, they like these types of things um, sporadically, not just for special occasions, but they want to receive the gifts. Um, just whenever, when they least expect it. Now, the next love language is acts of service. Now, this is when someone does something to serve you and it helps take the load off you. And what makes it special is when they do it without you asking. That's when that bonding and connection happens where the person's like, wow, you did that and I didn't even ask you to do it and you remembered that this was something that 
I needed to do that that's important or that's a pet peeve and the person's intentionally trying to reduce the load trying to help you out so that you are not burdened by anything especially when you're very busy they're intentionally trying to help you with the busyness whether it's washing dishes without you asking washing your car they see that it's dirty Um, you know if you're married and one of the spouses has socks or items on the floor you're not complaining or nagging you're picking it up you're serving and you're doing it without making announcements because if you if you're serving and you're just making announcements about it it makes it seem like you're you're doing it for another reason but what if you just did it and you never announced what you did you just you just kept doing it you served you served and they noticed it and you didn't make announcements to get you know um uh, affirmed So we always want to go back to the heart. Are you doing it to get affirmed so you can say, oh, you are so great. You are good at this. Are you doing it because you truly want to serve? And that's just like our walk with Christ. Are we doing stuff for Jesus so we can post it, so we can announce it, it, to say, oh, wait, I let, it's great that we lead people to Christ. It's great that we serve the homeless. It's great that we do all these things. We're called to do these things. But if we're only doing it so we can put a post up or if we're only doing it so that we can let people know that we do the things that God has called us to do we have to ask ourselves what was the true motivation behind it because we should be sharing the gospel all the time whether or not we make an announcement of it but sometimes when we make an announcement it's almost though it means we don't do it often so we need to let people know we do it So really get to the heart of the matter, because if an individual is only doing the acts of service and making an announcement, it might be that they're not really doing it often and they want it to be recognized. So when something's second nature, you don't make announcement, you just do it because that's just what you do. And that's what you enjoy doing because you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the well-being of others. And this is why I... I shared those scriptures because it's that should be the motivating factor, our love, thinking of others, not what we're going to get recognized for later, not us, what we're going to get from it later. We have to consider the other, the other person better because if we do, that makes the action more sincere. So, um, you know, going back to the, the acts of service, it really helps that, you know, you do it without the person asking you to do it. Just being very observant and intentional and seeing what would really help their load. Your goal is to make their load lighter, especially you see a parent, they have, you know, um, several children and they're busy and they need a break. Acts of service would be like, you know what? Um, I can babysit the children for you and, you know, you and your husband can go and have dinner or, you know what, we, you can actually serve an elderly person. I know you have a lot going on. Do you need me to pick up a prescription for you? Do you need me to, uh, whatever the case is, you are acting its service. And that might not even be their love language, but those actions might make them feel love. Like, wow, this person is truly showing the love of God because they are doing stuff that I didn't ask them to do and they volunteered to do it. And because of that, as a result, you're not doing it for this. 
that person is now checking in on you or asking you, how are you doing? Because they felt loved, they felt connected, they felt some sort of bond, the fact that you thought about them and now they're thinking about you. You see how that reciprocation happens and you weren't even doing it for that, but because of that, that person felt some sort of connection to you. Now, with the acts of service, you want to be um, mindful that, especially ones who love to serve, and they just, they have a gift of service. Um, it can be very easy to serve so much that you might enable a person to not do for themselves. It could be even with your children. Your children, they have the ability to clean their room and do whatever to do for themselves. But because you have the gift of service and you love serving, this child doesn't really have to do anything. And that might be a detriment because they might not know the importance of doing for themselves and being a little bit more independent. So being very mindful of that, that you're not doing that and to a level where you're um, enabling a person to not do for themselves. So the next love language is physical touch. Now this is very just self-explanatory. You know, you might be one who loves to give hugs, um, hold hands, um, you know, one who just communicates through touching. Some people, when they talk, they have to touch your hand or touch your shoulder and they're just very expressive with talking. But um, physical touch is very self-explanatory. Um, affection, those types of things connect a person. And you have to be very cautious with that because that is um, that can be very surface for a lot of people and people who operate in that language can get connected very quickly and confuse love when that area is being fed so being very cautious with that especially when you're not married how that can really speed things up so being very guarded and using boundaries so that that language is not communicated more than it needs to be because when it is then you might think that that is love when that is just a more of a, a response i mean you can be a fact infatuated and and operate in that and confuse a person subconsciously because that's your language so being very mindful of that and so so yeah so those are the love languages and we have to be reminded that we operate in love languages because we're thinking about the other person not because we want something in return and we have to choose to walk in love it's a choice being patient kind long-suffering with all the love languages they should be rooted in love not for selfish gain when these things are done on a consistent level it naturally prompts reciprocation and to and this is to a non-selfish person like that you're you're doing it because you want to do it now if both individuals have the same top two love languages they will possibly bond 
quicker than someone with different love languages because they don't have to think about being intentional with it. They naturally operate in those areas. They like to spend time with people or they like to, whatever the case is, those languages are already operating consistently. So the bonding will happen faster. So that's something to be mindful of, especially if someone is um, getting to know someone in a court and relationship, understanding if you both have the love language, the same top two love languages um, or top one love language, you might bond faster. And you want to be able to filter that because bonding does not equate to God's will. You can bond with various people. You still have to look at the purpose, qualities, integrity. There's so many other things to consider. Bonding and just connecting does not mean that's the person God has for you. Now, if you're married, this is a way to, um, you know, restore your marriage, especially if you all haven't been really communicating well or the person's feeling um, disconnected or they're not really feeling love because you're not spending time with them or you're not acknowledging their actions. This is just a way to help restore some of those things and, and have that bonding reoccur. So if you don't know what your love language is, it's good to just find out. There are some free quizzes online where you can take your love language um, quiz and know what those love languages are so that you can intentionally um, operate in each other's love language and grow and build your your marriage. And like I said, it's not to focus on that, but if you're, if you're having issues and now you're not moving in purpose because neither one of you are feeling loved and you're feeling distracted from that, work on the, some of those roots. Our main root is being rooted in Christ and denying ourselves and being in humility. That will be the main thing that will help move this forward. So I'm going to read, um, I'm going to go back and read Philippians 2, 3, 3 through 4. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. It's very important to understand this is not about us. It's about thinking about the interests of others. Because when we do that, we're also, we're showing the characteristic of Christ. If a person's like, you know what, you remind me of Christ. You're operating in love. You're kind. You're not making announcements. You're just doing it because you're, you want to do it. Think about when Jesus, when he did something, he, he didn't really want to bring a lot of attention. I mean, if he did it, it's so that people would know that he's 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 Jesus but he wasn't really trying to make people you know he wasn't really trying to bring you know attention to himself and that's that humility we really have to operate in that level of humility because that is what um allows us to continue operating in the characteristics of love now could you imagine if everyone lived according to the scripture of being humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. If we all lived according to that, that would be amazing. We would see more love operating in churches and homes and marriages and relationships, even in the whole world. If everyone would be humble and think of others as better than themselves and not to only look out for their own interests, but take an interest of others, we wouldn't have the 
the sin and the selfishness and the stuff that's happening behind the scenes and people hurting and people starving, if everyone truly was on board with that, it would just be amazing. It would be amazing. So this is why I said that these scriptures, they're so important when it comes to walking in love. Humility involves thinking less of self and thinking about others. Most sin is due to selfishness. Self is always on the throne when we think about sin. So this message is to encourage you not to think about yourself when walking in love and not to do to receive, but to do because you are a follower of Christ. You want to love because Christ first loved you and you want to love because you also want the other person to be drawn to Christ and the other person to be reminded of Christ and the other person to know that they are valuable. So the way you can check your heart, you want to ask yourself, do you still want to operate in the love languages when the person makes you upset? Do you still want to be kind and show um, acts of service? Do you still want to spend time with the person when they're making you upset? Or does all of that shut down, get cut off? This will really check your heart as to the motive behind it. Jesus still loves us even when our actions disappoint him. The way each person feels loved is different and should be acknowledged and respected. One can feel rejected if their language is intentionally being neglected. Now the enemy will try to influence your flesh to be selfish and to become offended. But when any or both are operating in the love language, you know, if they're both are choosing to walk in love you are you are really closing windows and doors from the for the enemy to influence your flesh so this is why both parties should be on the same page not just one doing all of it but both parties both parties are walking in humility and love you will have a thriving relationship and if both parties know how to close the windows and doors to the enemy's little tactics that will really get on the enemy's nerves because he's looking for doors and windows. He, he roams. And so if both parties can operate in humility, you will really, you will really flourish in the things that God has called you to do. It helps you to be on the same accord. The chance of love languages being communicated may be disregarded as long as selfishness and offense, bitterness are present. If you're selfish and you get easily offended and you have bitterness, the love languages might not be operated on a consistent basis because now the flesh is becoming idle. The flesh, the offense, the selfishness becomes idle. And this is why a lot of people are having issues because of selfishness and unforgiveness. And then all it takes is just one person So we should always choose the higher road and walk in love because God is love. Be encouraged. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for your love. We thank you for first loving us. We thank you for just being so consistent with loving us and reminding us of who we are in you. We ask that you help us to walk in love on a consistent basis so that people might see you in us. And help us to walk in love, not because we want something in return, but because that's what we're called to do. 
because we're representatives of you. And I pray that we do it sincerely. We do it with a good heart and with humility that we're considering others better than ourselves, Lord. Let us be more in tuned to the well-being of others, being intentional, not doing anything with deception, not doing anything so that we can get something in return, but truly being vessels, Lord. We thank you. We honor you. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you all be encouraged and reminded that there is nothing impossible with God.